welcome to Everyday Design, the podcast to empower and educate homeowners on how to best deliver your extensional renovation project to make sure the end result is perfect for your lifestyle, personality and taste. Now, this week, we're going to be talking about curtains and blinds from the aesthetic perspective. But first, let me introduce myself. I'm Abigail Hall, technical design expert and consultant to the construction industry. For almost 15 years, I've been delivering very high-end and complex new build and historic renovations with some pretty hefty budgets. I've also undertaken a fair number of my own renovation projects with much smaller and restricted budgets. I've become an expert in how you can use design to enhance your well-being and happiness in your home. And I want to share with you my knowledge, contacts and a few of the lessons I've learned along the way. Each week we talk to a different expert about their product or service so we can learn the technical jargon, the easy mistakes to avoid, the need to's, the nice to's and how to get the finish you want on time and in budget. As you can hear, this week we are recording outside, so I apologise for the central London noises. But as Carolyn is almost my neighbour, we just had to do this podcast in person, social distancing, in the garden. This week we welcome Carolyn from the Birch House, a phenomenal curtain manufacturer. She set up her practice in 2016 and I met her through her amazing Instagram account, The Birch House, where she showcases projects she's working on for her London clientele. She learnt her skill from her mother originally, so she's really always sewn. But she was already making quilts and her home attire, and a chance conversation with a friend occurred where she was asked for a pair of curtains. And Carolyn thought, yeah, I could do that. But professional as she is, she thought, let me do my due diligence first. And so she went to the Victoria Hammond curtain making course, where she learned all the technical skills of making curtains and blinds. Having been offered her first job through an interior designer, she simply hasn't stopped. And now she has a studio in West London where, in case you want to know, she still hasn't made her friend's first set of curtains, despite her being the source of her business. So welcome, Carolyn. Thank you, Abby. Very nice to be here in your wonderful garden. And we're going to wing it a little bit today because, as I said, we have got some outside noise, but it won't matter. It won't. Because... You don't get to work outside a lot. Curtains are ten, tend to be an interior thing. Uh, tent curtains are very much an interior thing. <laughs> and in this heat, actually, um, it's quite nice to be here instead of at the workroom, I think. I know, exactly. You say curtains are an interior thing, but when I was working in Mauritius, I did do some curtains on terraces. You can imagine it was really in vogue to have these white voile curtains. Let me tell you, it's an absolute nightmare because they look fantastic in photos you've probably seen them you know the tropical hotels with them when they're styled when they're styled the tiniest bit of wind and they just shifted around Mm. in their position and one word for you cyclones there are cyclones in Mauritius so what would happen is I'd get a phone call from my clients when the cyclones were coming oh Abby do you think we need to get the furniture inside and those curtains down uh yes Yes, we do. <laughs> so uh, very pitch, pretty for a picture, but not, not really yes, substantial. Just for a magazine, really. Exactly so. Now, before we start, I always start with a little bit of a mistake that we've made to remind us that we're all human. So can you tell me a time that you've made a mistake with a window dressing and what have you learnt from it? <clears throat> well, Abby, it wasn't really window dressing, but I was working with some really, really expensive pink velvet, making a bed balance. And it was towards the end of a big job timeline was all it was all getting a bit tight pressure Pre- under pressure and uh, I thought it was at the end of the day and I just thought well I'll get everything cut out tonight before and sew it all up tomorrow and just a big mistake I cut the velvet wrong 
the nap was going the wrong way it was going sideways instead of up and down and you know as much as I sort of tried there was absolutely no way of getting around it so big mistake I had to replace the velvet at great cost to myself and that's the thing these oh, materials the cost per meter it was an it was hideous it's it an was expensive hideous. lesson anyway, <laughs> the client never knew nobody ever knew they were delivered it was delivered and it was completely fine sign, in the of, end. A, sign of a professional Whew, it was uh, but there was a it was quite a moment and that's interesting because we a visual pattern on a fabric is so easy to tell and you can generally tell if there is a direction leaves or flowers pointing in a certain direction but there are materials that have got naps that's that thing where you run your hand across it yeah and it's got it almost it's like really short grass you can feel that kind of absolutely flowing one way or another moleskins velvets of course and if you're joining of course then you know you've got to make sure that the nap is going the same way on because the the way that everything hangs the light will show up exactly so and velvet particularly and I must admit I don't know if my mother-in-law listens to this podcast I don't think she does she likes to have her velvet the other way the up than way. the rest of the world, which I find really odd because, listeners, if you're thinking about this, the nap, you want it to, if you run your hand down it, it, w- it would flow. It would be soft you and gentle. You smooth it exactly. down. Thank you very much, Carrie. Yeah. This is why you're the expert. You've got all the words. You smooth it down. But if you have it the other way up... It feels rough against your yes. hand. And I always think that collects dust if you have it that it way does. up. It does. And she commissioned some curtains to be made, but didn't specify that she likes it that way up. So they made it what I think was the right way. And she got me in and said, Abby, look at these curtains, they're wrong. And I looked at them for ages thinking, I can't tell what's wrong about them. And I said, oh, is it the colour? She went, no, the material's the wrong way up. <laughs> and so there That's you so go. Funny. She Today. must spend a lot of time vacuuming them, or um, because that that is a complete dust collector. But it is a client's prerogative. Absolutely. So there Absolutely. we go. So and actually, <laughs> a listener, there you go. So if you're ever asked the question, you think, why is someone asking me that? Just know it's probably because someone's had a bit of an experience in the past. Exactly. Now listen, we're going to go right to the beginning. Where do I even start to work out what kind of curtains or blinds I should have? Well, okay. A lot of people, I think, feel a bit um, lost and don't know quite where to start with it. So I would say just have a think about your style. Have a think about the things you already have in your home. Um, have a look in, have a look on Pinterest, interiors magazines. Also, you know, if you've been around to someone's home and you like something that they have, you know, just have a think about... That's a great idea. And even is. ask to take a little photo of it. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, you know everything is um, taken from somewhere, so we're all inspired by something. Um, you know, you you also want to think about the kind of room that your what 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 your room is like, the size of your room, and um, you know what what kind of what kind of windows you have. Um, certain curtains may be suitable for bigger rooms, certain ones for smaller rooms. Um, so you've got to think about what's practical. Um, you know, do you like grand grand statements, swags, tails, big pelmets? You know, um, I think it's uh, just start thinking about the things, kind of things you like. Think about your colours, what's going to, you know, if you want something that's going to blend in with your walls, maybe, or you want to have something like a statement. Um, it's just a good point to start at. And then talk to a curtain maker, and they will then steer you and try and narrow things down for you. And that, that you see for me is key. Absolutely, everyone that we talk to says the same thing about inspiration, which is do lots of research, see if there's a theme, are you going for something that's really jumping out at you, or are you going for something that's blending in, and then pick your um, curtain manufacturer's brains because they will have made 
hundreds of these mm. and we'll be able to tell you well actually the proportions of that in your room might be a bit overwhelming you've bought me this lovely picture of a mm -hmm. georgian house with three and a half meter ceilings actually you've only got 2.6 meters so that might not be the, quite the same effect exactly. but that's okay to have that conversation exactly. right exactly and i think that yes absolutely and i think that's that's why it, be, it's, it becomes overwhelming when you just have so many ideas and so many options that you just you need then speak to someone who can help you narrow it down and then it feels less of a minefield. Brilliant. Now we've we've been talking about curtains there in terms of inspiration but getting into a, a little bit something specific curtain rail versus curtain pole is there kind of a best in class uh, and is there a big cost difference? Um, so uh, what I would say is that poles generally are for when you want to see it for it to be a feature whereas tracks are going to be more discreet. Poles are for hand-drawn curtains and they can, they can be corded or electric and you can get tracks that look like poles which means you can have the option of corded or electric too. Cost-wise, how long is a piece of string? There's something for every budget on the market but you definitely get what you pay for. Having said that, tracks, most particularly wave tracks, there were some good own brand versions around but the original wave tracks are made by Silent Gliss mm. which are fairly costly but are very good. Um, the, and co regarding poles, the more costly ones probably would have a better finish, a better paint finish, more choice of finials, stronger brackets. And with tracks, the more you pay, the more reliable and the more smooth running they are. And just the one technical word that was in there, finial, that's the end bit of the pole, the isn't it? Bits. They're the pretty ones. Those are the end bits. Could look like acorns yeah, exactly. yes. or got some All crystal on it of, yeah, or you exactly. name it almost, exactly. isn't it? Um, and what I, I, I mean, absolutely personal taste isn't it that comes in Completely. there and, again, and your inspiration boards that you've got all that research you did on pinterest or instagram or at your friends houses you'll probably see a theme you know if you're naturally attracted towards poles they'll keep coming out in those images absolutely um, and yeah cost guys if this is not something that you got used to buying do have a look at cost these these very very rarely are they cheap and if they are cheap, be wary, because this is something that functions. And remember, buy cheap, buy twice when it comes to functional things. Exactly. And if you're looking at curtains or blinds, whatever it is, you know, you're looking to have them in your home for probably 10 years, oh, maybe. Yes. And it just doesn't do, you know, skimping on the cost. It may, it does often seem like it's a, it's an additional extra, but it's not. It is an integral part of what you're investing in. And people overlook that, sadly. But you're going to have them in your home for a long time, and you, they need, and as you say, they're functional. They are going to these curtains are going to be drawn twice a day, probably. You know, you need something strong up there, you know, to be able to handle that. Exactly, a curtain pole that's falling off the wall is no good to man or beast. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, going from curtain poles and rails onto um, the type of curtain headings. So this is. I always think of this as um, triple pinch pleat. I always feel very excited when I get that goblet pleat is the one I always feel really fancy if I very say. Very fancy, <laughs> yes. What, yes. What, what are they and how do you decide which to use? So, I mean, wide, wide range of heading styles. You know, you're going from the simplest cartridge pleat, which is on a on a tape, a tape headed pleat. Um, the tape is machined on and it's just gathered up with the cords um, and then there's some tape pleats that are um, tape headings that are like a like a cottage pleat it has like a little frill at the top oh yeah I can picture that quite yes. cute very sweet and that can be done with a machined tape or quite often it can be hand stitched on so you don't see any anything at the front any stitching at the front at all and then you move on to um, sort of handmade uh, pleats which are, and the pleats are machined in 
and then you've got so you've got single pleat double pleat triple pleat as you said goblet pleats which are quite fancy goblet pleats with buttons on all kinds of you know you can oh. get as fancy as you like box pleats smocked headings drop over frills i mean there are so many it's a variation on a theme you know you know there's a sort of a a, a set amount of headings and then the loads of variations and i'll put some um, images onto our instagram page um, and twitter to show some of these but again i think this comes back to get the pictures off the internet that you really really like or your interior magazines whatever it might be and then speak to a curtain manufacturer absolutely because they might say well yeah in that photo it's a goblet yes but actually for your space i think what might work better is dot 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 absolutely Something else. absolutely i mean it's unlikely that you're going to use a, a goblet pleat in a um in a small flat you know yes. not very high ceilings or something i mean you 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 want something you want something simple something that sort of blends in more than makes a massive statement um so there we so go pers- personal choice and as you said collect some things that you like and then speak to your curtain maker and then you can go from there and also look at you know your curtain maker will probably have samples you know that you can actually see it feel it see you know just and see yes it. because it's all well and good a little picture but actually seeing it in, in person um, exactly. and it is worth saying the more complex the pleat the more material that's generally used absolutely yeah. so the triple pleat makes it has the most fabric in it um, so and if, for those of you that are cost conscious just bear that in mind because you can take the width of a window and Carolyn will articulate this far better than me in our technical podcast where we're talking about um, quantities of fabric but you can have two and a half times the width of the window in fabric absolutely to get some of those gathered heads to make it give that huge volume absolutely shape. yeah yeah I mean minimum is one and a half times for the most basic simple, simple little cottage pleat you're talking about there. yeah yeah going up to two and a half 2.75 times yes so there's a lot of fabric involved there's a lot of fabric involved talking about lots of fabric i love curtains which pull onto the floor slightly but i do get concerned about them getting dirty um is there any way to prevent this um not really much you can do about it i mean you could choose your curtain color to be something that you're not really going to see the dirt mm-hmm. um yes or alternatively having them in a room where you're there's not a lot of footfall for example you know they're not going to be used very often or you know you can you could have dress curtains which actually aren't used at all aren't aren't drawn at all they're just there for show in which case the your curtains may pull on the floor but they will always be like that they won't be moved around mm. so I, I would say that's kind of the options you have with pooling curtains and please remember even though curtains can be taken down and can be dry cleaned and washed that process as much as you have really good intentions, that process is expensive and it's time consuming and it can damage the curtains over time. So I think take your advice there. If it's if practically it's in a space that has like lots of wear and tear, animals, children, I would advise against it. I would definitely advise against yes. it, yeah. As yeah. much as a, it would look very pretty, I'm sure. It always looks great in a picture. And, Again, it's back, you it's know, back to that looks good in the picture, yeah, but the yeah. practicality when it's doesn't styled work. And it's static it's fine but it just doesn't work for everywhere and you know and as you as you were saying about washing dry cleaning um it's very tricky and you know fabric behaves in different ways you it can shrink it can it can shrink it can grow it you know and you stretch it can stretch you have no idea you know so i mean it's difficult um washing definitely not 
dry cleaning yes I, but ideally but even, not ideally not ideally not either you know yes. it's difficult just a you know a bit of a vacuum once those curtains are up leave them there I think it's basically the message that we're saying yes. now we just you just talked about dress curtains and I think that's my add on to this question I'm asking I've seen multi-layered curtains where there's kind of a sheer voile uh, and then a kind of thicker curtain in front um, how do I plan when to have those well, I mean, if you are if you have a room that is overlooked by the street or by you know other buildings around, and you don't want people to be able to see in, you want the light to come in. Um, it's a great idea, and there are some absolutely fantastic double poles. You don't you don't need to have two separate poles. They make them double poles, triple poles even. Fantastic. Um, and so you just you you just get those up, and then you you know you can have your two layers of two layers of curtains or three layers of curtains. Um, some things to consider are, you know, the the depth of your, depending what curtains you're having, the depth of your pleats, because when they're drawn, when they're opened, uh, you know, everything needs to stack back and you need to be able to move the curtains. So that that's consideration, like how much depth you actually need for that. And that, again, your curtain manufacturer will be able to help you with all of this. If you like the look, have the conversation with them. Absolutely. And see, the, but the last thing you want, if you've got a very, very shallow space, so you don't want your curtains protruding into the room, it might not be advisable because you could end up with almost 30 centimetres exactly. of track sticking exactly. out from the wall. And I had this conversation with um, someone yesterday. I was doing a measure up and their concern was that the bay, uh, they were losing the bay. And there really isn't very much you can do about it. If you want to have, depending, if you want to have those hand pleated headings, there there has to be room for the pleats to go somewhere when, <laughs> yes. when you open the curtains. They fold back, they, they concertina back. back. And so you have to take that into account. And, you know, if you lose a bit, it's some sort of style over substance a bit, you know, you might lose a bit of your bay, but they will look gorgeous. Yes. <laughs> And we and this is the podcast for the aesthetic. We are going to do a separate one on the technical. Um, so if you if your interest is being caught by this, please do uh, subscribe and and look at that other episode. Now I'm going to start talking to you about pelmets. Okay. How do you decide if you need a pelmet? And also, can you explain what a pelmet is for okay. our listeners? Okay. So uh, a pelmet is a uh, a soft or um, structured covering uh, over the top of of the heading of the curtain and it hides the pleats and it hides the track and or the track underneath it um and it would usually be fabric covered maybe slightly uh, padded um and can can have you know trim braid all kinds of things over um the purpose of it really is um aesthetically it, it really finishes off the look um you know and it gives a really nice framing to the top of the curtain um but practically it reduces the light seepage from the top see that's really useful because a pelmet often has um you you don't see the structure it's almost like a box on the mm-hmm. wall isn't it yes um it's got yeah. a top to it and then a kind of face that comes down in front of yes. the, the head of the curtain yeah. as you were saying yeah. and as you said you can picture that the light can't get up and over which exactly. it can with a pole it can with a pole and also um yeah it can with a pole because of course of course you're going to have light coming out of the top however i mean a lot of people don't mind that and the pole is the feature mm. so you know that's fine and it's but a track Tracks are not pretty things, particularly no. at all. No. So you know, you really kind of want to hide the track if you can. Yeah, and then pelmet does that. Yeah. And the shape of a pelmet, because I've looked online, it feels like anything goes. Oh, and yeah, anything does go. I mean, you know, you've got simple straight pelmets to um, 
ones that are deeper at the sides and um, narrower in the middle which is is great actually because you know you're maximizing the light that's coming through um, and then where it gets deeper at the sides is exactly where your curtains hang, hang. as when you've opened your curtains to you know one, one called it's called a lambrequin which is like a very fancy very deep pelmet at the sides and quite often scalloped or shaped um quite often used for uh with, without anything else actually sometimes or with a blind behind it um so, so really, it can so pelmet can be a feature in in and of itself absolutely absolutely i mean and the sky's your limit you know you can braid it you can pom-pom it you can all, all kinds of things so you if know. you're a maximalist design we're encouraging this absolutely you know you could even have your pelmet dressed with um swags and tails you know you can just go crazy with you can pelmets. really anything you, goes. I, I love i really yeah, love that you can really go crazy but i would say there don't forget as well pelmet the cost of manufacture is there is it is a structure um, again we're going to talk more about that in a technical yes. piece but that cost, it's not just a little bit of extra fabric, is it? Absolutely not. There's a lot going on There's with a, a pelmet. Yeah. But not that I want to put you off, I am a big <laughs> fan of a pelmet. So I'm putting that out there, I'm wearing that on my on my sleeve. Um, so on the flip side, because I just talked about people who love that really kind of maximal design. Yep. Really, I don't even, I, that might be a made up word. A maximalist. <laughs> my listeners are gentle, know that I make up words. On the flip side, if you want something really minimal, really mm-hmm. minimal and quiet, mm-hmm. what's the best choice for that? I would say a Roman blind, probably. Yes. Um, also, you know, Roman blinds, they just fold up neatly behind behind themselves. The folds go, go up behind themselves. Um, so really, really ni- nice to have a, for a simple look. Roller blinds as well. You know, jury's out with a lot of people about mm. roller blinds. However as part of a window dressing they are ideal because you could even have a roller blind behind a roman blind you know um as, as a shear or something but they just they are very minimal and there are some really good ones out there on the market where the where the headings are um really minimal so you don't just don't see the mm. ugly heading um so i think those are both a good idea panel blinds i made some panel blinds recently actually in kensington and they were beautiful so they are you know um, they were five or six um, strips of um, fabric panels made, and they're on a track. So they, so when they stack back, they are they go one in front of the other. So yes. you just see two panels at the yes. side, and then when they come I together, think like, it's like a like a kind of Japanese very sliding ja- yes. wall. Yeah, I always absolutely. think of like that. Exactly, yes. exactly that. You know, and actually, I mean, you can buy a very simple version of it in IKEA, or you can get something that is a bit more. Um, Firstly, a bit stronger. Yes, and, um, because those ones, the they curl aside those IKEA <laughs> yes, ones. I'm exactly. sorry, IKEA, and, if anyone's listening. And, and I think they fray as well. They do, yeah, yes. yes. Exactly, exactly. So these ones were um, with, the, with the panels made. So, But you can also, from the manufacturer I get the tracks from, you can also have the panels made. Um, so you have the option, the ready-made panels or ask your curtain maker to make them make the panels so absolutely fantastic and that again is really it's really quiet yeah it's really minimal but it's uh, achieving the function of either blocking a bit of light or creating exactly. privacy exactly and i had a, there was a very simple shallow pelmet at the top and it just looked stunning it was really it was beautiful really nice and very much in keeping with their aesthetic in absolutely. the property completely yeah. completely great now we've we've mentioned blinds there and i know you did you articulated a little bit um, your preference, but could you just run through 
what are the different kinds of blinds and and which do you prefer what's your go-to okay so uh well my go-to i would say is a roman blind definitely i just think it's it's functional it's uh, simple and it's beautiful you know and uh, so long as as long as it's made well where (laughs) it's a it's a very precise making process i'm going to say science it's a science it's a it science is, it is a science. and an art it, uh, yeah, it's both absolutely. it's both disciplines absolutely. combined in one because you have to get those folds right they have yes. to you know they fold up behind one another so you can have a standard fold which is where everything folds exactly behind one another or you can have a cascading one where um, every fold sits slightly below the and last one it looks one. almost like it's stepped ever so exactly. slightly that's very ever, pretty yeah. so yes. you can you know you can have a a deeper step or a narrower step you know um so both of those are really fantastic and also you know you can make it as a a blackout blind it can be just an interlined blind it can be a sheer blind a sheer lined blind i mean i mean it feels so like the choices many, again the choices are, just are completely, never ending completely en- endless and then there's variations on the roman blind so you have an Austrian blind, which is, um, you know, much more decorative and it sort of billows. A little yes, it kind bit. of gathers it slightly, gathers doesn't it? it yeah. As, as it goes up. There's a London blind, which is a sort of much more simple version of an Austrian blind where it, um, it, it, it has a dip in the middle and then it just little kick pleats at the side, which, are, which is very nice. Um, so all kinds of blinds and they can have frills, gathers, pleats, you know, all kinds of things on them. However, like fancy you, you want to go. Um, then roller blinds, another a minimal solution, um, which I previously mentioned. They can be they can be sheer, they can be plain, patterned or blackout. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Roman blinds definitely for That's me. That's your fa- I'm feeling yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I make so many of them that it's just. Uh, but then that's testament. You know, when a manufacturer is making the same thing over and over again, there's a reason for that because it works, and you get your business through word of mouth. Absolutely. So if it didn't yes. work, yeah. You know, it would yeah. tell that would tell you all you need to yeah. know. If there was a lot of wonky blinds around West London, then I wouldn't be getting any <laughs> any business. Exactly. <laughs> um, now I'm going to come on to different kinds of suppliers because I'm talking to you as a bespoke window dressing manufacturer, but it seems to me there's three kinds. There's kind of ready-made, which is either kind of on online or I can pop in somewhere and get them. There's high street made, so where I could go to. Dunelm or John Lewis and I can give them my window dimensions and they'll make it for me and then there's individual specialist curtain makers like yourself Mm -hmm. can you just what's the difference between those three it's a good question it comes up a lot Um, so what I would say is ready-made online they would be whatever you're buying is mass-produced they're gonna be made to set sizes and that's fine if your window fits one of those set sizes then great lucky you yes you will also probably have to, you know, you'll have to choose your own and fit your own pole or track. Yes. That's compl- all you're going to be receiving is a made blind yeah. or a made curtain. Yes. Um, and there is no, their their involvement is no more than exactly. There's not, there's not even going to be hooks in it. It's nothing. No, it's, exactly, yeah. exactly. So you're going to hang, have to hang them yourself. And a lot of the finished look with curtains and blinds is the hanging and the dressing mm. of them, you know. And not everybody, well, I mean, I wouldn't have known how to do that sort of 15 years ago. So. And there's a lot of there's a lot of work that goes into mm. that, as well as the care when you you know when someone um, is making it mm. particularly for you. So you know, you can also get made to measure online, but it relies on you measuring and your measurements being accurate. Yes. So that's that can be tricky. That can be risky. Very risky. Very risky. High Street, so Dunelm, John Lewis, you know, they'll have a made to measure service. It's a more bespoke service, and they'll come and take your measurements. 
Um, they, I don't know whether they will necessarily, they'll show you different options for the headings. I'm not sure whether they would actually, how in depth they would go about advising you. Um, you'll probably be expected to choose your fabric from their range. Yes, I think in every instance, yes. you are obligated to choose from their range. It's, I think it's part of how they make their it money, is. which it is, is fine. That's, yeah. The, yeah. The, that's yeah. their business model. And also, you know, you might be limited to the type of heading styles, the poles, the tracks they offer. You know, you might have seen a really great pole or a really great fabric. If they don't have it, then that's they're not going to take your yeah, order because, yeah. it, as you say, that's how they make their mm. money, you know. Um, so they would have their own fitter who would deal with the poles and tracks and hanging of the yes. curtains. So you're getting a much better um, service than you would from like an, just getting something mm. online. Um, but it is, it's mid-range. Mm. So, you know, then you come to someone like me, who's an individual specialist curtain maker. We would provide the most bespoke service, um, you know, from consultation, measuring, helping you choose the right fabric, you know, and not, uh, you know, you're really not limited to the fabric that you could choose you know I mean I have clients who who get their own fabric and that's fine too you know Mm. it's I don't always supply I don't always supply the fabric a lot of curtain makers only supply the fabric or insist that you supply the fabric and I just don't feel like I need to be limited in that yes. way you know I think and talk to your curtain maker about how they work they absolutely. might have a particular way they exactly. work for a yeah, reason absolutely um so you know so I'll be on hand to answer the multitude of questions that come up you know I work, you know I, I, I'm on WhatsApp with loads of clients so it's just you know this is this is what I do for a living so I don't switch off at five o'clock it's like if someone's got a question for me you know, I'll, I'll answer it if yeah. I can answer it. And there's no such thing as a stupid question, is there? Absolutely because not. actually, if it helps them, if it helps exactly. them make a decision. No, exactly. Great. Exactly. And it's really good to be clear to a client that nothing is a stupid question because people may th- may not want to ask it because they yes. might feel it's a stupid question, but it's yeah. re- it's really not. So, so we're there for the for, for all of that, and then of course to make the product and and hang it as well. Um, you know, your your curtains, your blinds are going to be made with really meticulous attention to detail um most independent curtain makers will also be uh, experienced in pole and track fitting or work closely with a professional fitter who will also be on hand from the beginning to assist in architectural issues um technical issues and you know another thing about you know having a uh, an independent curtain maker is you're supporting supporting your local business so you know i just think it's especially in this current climate I think a lot of things have been brought back to basics and brought back to local, and I really applaud that. And I just think it's, you know, if you can support someone local, I think that's great. I agree completely. Mm-hmm. And we we haven't talked about, I didn't ask about costs in there. I think all of us listening are educated enough to know the difference between an online, ready-made, mass-produced versus a bespoke. Of course, the costs go up as you get a more individual Absolutely. service. What I would say is, here at EDD, we often make reference to um, when you can spend money and when you can do something a little bit cheap. Like assembling an outfit, you can have a lovely little accessory that's quite cheap, but then the substance of the outfit you want to have spent money on. Absolutely. Think of the curtains as part of the substance, because that it really isn't something where saving money actually gives you benefit in the long term. And as Millie Lucas, who's our QS, said... It, when you get the costs of all of it in, that is the fabric, the manufacturer, the install, the poles and tracks and all the accessories and trimmings and whatever else you need. If that comes in and that's simply above budget, again, I recommend what she said. Don't think of it as a dream that you can't do. Perhaps just postpone it. 
postpone it until you can save up that money to do it properly because I guarantee you you will regret doing it cheaply you won't regret waiting a little bit and getting it right I, I completely agree and also you know your curtain maker who you choose you know may suggest well okay if you if you don't want to spend that amount of money at this time let's talk about just doing one room now put off something else until later um you know and there there are ways around it but it's a it's an investment and it's just something that's going to be there for a long time and it is just worth spending them spending money on it the problem comes but i think with a lot of renovations is that the curtains and the blinds and the window dressings they come at the end and quite often people have come to the end of their budget and it's really difficult but i mean our wonderful listeners i know will have uh, followed the research it design it buy it build it test it and at the design it and uh, buy it stage you hopefully will have already been reaching out to these professionals and will yes. have built in that budget and yes. it will have educated yourself on the realism of actually that is going to end up costing me a few thousand pounds that it can be the reality of some of the costs yeah, definitely. but if you've got that money set aside then you're not going to get stung with something nasty and when we do the technical podcast relating to curtains we're also going to make sure that we've designed and planned in anything that you need to fit those curtains because the costs can come when you're retrospectively having to make changes to your window surround to enable you to have the curtains that you want so actually we can help you make savings if you plan it at the exactly outset. exactly now I'm gonna I've just got a couple more questions I bought some basic blinds which fit I'm gonna be t- I'm gonna tell you I bought them online they're <laughs> cheap and basic they're boring tell me is there anything I can do to jazz them up um yes I mean you can you can add some trim you could put some ribbon across you I can, can put pom-poms you know you could you, you could probably do it yourself you know or you could get someone to do it but you can you can add you can add things to, to so them. if I look at haberdashery online haberdashery, or go to, go to haberdashery stores of which there are some absolutely in, yes. brilliant independent ones absolutely I mean yeah. you sky again sky's yeah. the limit absolutely yeah yeah oh, so yeah. long as you're not interfering with the back of the blind which is the mechanism then you can sew what you like on the front oh, I love it brilliant <laughs> and finally where can we find some more information about you Carolyn well thanks Abby um I, you can find me on Instagram, um, the Bir- look up for the Birch House, and Facebook again under the Birch House. But um, sadly, I'm so busy making curtains, I haven't done my website yet. This, so this lady is so in demand. <laughs> let me tell you, she doesn't. She does, and I'm going to tell you a secret as well. Her her partner makes websites, <laughs> so she. This is how much word of mouth business she gets. She doesn't need a website. She has someone on hand to make it. Yes, I do um, need a website, but actually, just going to have to get around to that. But later. look for someone if you're looking for a curtain manufacturer. As we've said, look for someone who's local in your area reach out ask for recommendations the best thing is if you find someone that you love their window dressings find out who did it thank you so much thank you thank you so much carolyn for more information on today's show any links we've mentioned or to find other episodes go to the website eddpodcast.com Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at eddpodcast and please subscribe and rate this podcast as it helps other homeowners learn how to design their happiness. Thank you for listening. I've been Abigail Hall and this has been Everyday Design.